0: does it look like to fully live on this side of eternity? Liz and I invite you to coffee each week as we find encouragement in God's Word, cultivate gratitude in a discontent
1: culture, and embrace the abundant life that Christ came to give. This podcast is for you if you're ready for pop culture chats and deep conversations at the Waffle House. This kind of podcast will hopefully make you laugh, think deeply, and definitely encourage you as you pursue the abundant life in Christ. Friends, we are so excited as we continue this series. And today's sponsor, for those of you that maybe haven't tuned in before, we try to have a sponsor for each episode because we want to make sure that this podcast is accessible and also affordable. And so we want to make sure that you get to listen. And so we are so grateful for the different partnerships that we're wanting to build. And so if you ever have. A small business or a product or even just a recommendation, please reach out to us in our DMs because we'd love to continue to grow that list of sponsors. So for today's sponsor is actually my very own email newsletter. So a little bit of a shameless plug around here, but I wanted to mention it because this email newsletter is very much aligned with the same vision of the Abundling Podcast. It's actually how we, how, how, how Emily and I connected a couple of years ago through social media when we realized, wow, we're pretty much sharing very similar content. And so why not, rather than compete with one another, we're collaborating together. And so this email newsletter is all about encouraging women to pursue wholeness over hustling and practicing gratitude in the midst of grief. And so it's all about encouraging women to Remember that an abundant life is one found in Christ, and it's not necessarily the absence of suffering, but it's the presence of his fullness and goodness. So if you're interested in signing up, it's free, and I normally have different series going on. I also try to include some free digital guides as well. And we're currently doing a challenge called Declutter Discontent, which I'm very excited about. So all you have to do is check out the link in on my Instagram bio, and then we'll also include it in the show notes. So we hope that it encourages you to celebrate the ordinary one toast at a time.
0: So good. I I always... I have a several friends that I love to get newsletters. I love newsletters for so many reasons, and one of them is because it keeps me reading long form, even when it's from my online friends, and so I'm reading longer than a reel. I'm, I'm reading... It like, I'm trying to cultivate my attention span because I love some reels, wow. <laughs> and so... Yeah, it's just been really fun. Like I'll star them. And then when I'm ready to take a brain break or anything like that, but I need to, yeah, I'm just at my laptop. I need a short brain break before getting back to whatever I need to do. I've been reading the newsletters from friends and Toast Tuesdays is definitely one of them. So it's such a gift. So make sure you go check it out. Um, Today we're going to hop in, we're just going to hop right into our segments, and because we've been sharing so much of the hard and heavy in social media, we wanted to share the fun, the lightness, and the connection for our segments today. So the first one is, what do you meme? So Liz, I want to know, what, what was the last meme that made you smile, connect, like, Uh, elbow austin on the couch and say oh my gosh you have to see this like what what was the last one
1: like that for you yes okay i love just a quick side note this happened to us recently where it was kind of like this very i don't know like deja vu moment where (laughs) i had shown austin a meme and then like a week later he goes liz i have to show you this meme It was the same (laughs) meme from two different platforms. I had shown him from Instagram, and he showed me that same meme, but he found it on Twitter. It's traveling. I just love, I love memes. You know what? They bring people together. They do. (laughs) Through humor. And so, (laughs) Um, okay, my favorite, I think, like, if I had to pick like one type of meme I think I'm a big fan I don't even know how it started who started it where it came from but the guy that is just like holding a cardboard sign and then it just has like any sort of phrase and usually like 90% of the time I can relate to any and all of those phrases and I saw one recently that literally said, I know for some listeners they're going to be like, we don't get it. Or, I don't know, they might be like, Liz, don't be a hater. But it's the sign that says it's not Cali, like that. I feel it like deep in my soul (laughs) because ever since moving to Kentucky, there's just moments where people are like, oh, you're from Cali? Like, as soon as I tell them that I'm from California, it it always usually transitions to somehow... (laughs) about your aunt who visited California five years ago. they yeah, had... those like long-lost relative happens to live there. They've watched two. Or so-and-so visited. Yeah, they've watched two TV shows. They've watched that were you know there. what I mean? Yes. Yes, literally. <laughs> I've literally gotten that so much, where people are like, oh, California, like, sight." <laughs> like, there's a in Santa Monica, and I'm like, Yes, and isn't it isn't
0: psych even like filmed in canada or something
1: i think i thought zach told me it was even like out of out of the country (laughs) yeah i'm pretty certain it's not filmed in california oh man but all i have to say is it's just always an adventure when the moment i say i'm from california someone responds with cali as a true Californian we never call it Cali and so I'm always like just a little bit cringe Mm -hmm. inside but I also don't want to make the other person feel bad you know because I'm excited that they're excited but it's just funny when I get those comments of like so and so you know I know this person who went to Disneyland and I'm like okay now we're talking about (laughs) Disneyland you know just like any sort of connection we are trying to make it to have something in common so that's so funny uh, I think that's so funny
0: Yeah, I feel like I do that, though, so now I'm going to think about it, because I think to me, (laughs) California is such another world, and I've never been on the West Coast before. Um, One of my long-term clients lives outside San Diego, and so I feel like whenever anyone talks about being California, I'm like... My longtime client and friend, Sabrina, lives in in California. (laughs) They're probably like, congratulations, it's a really big state.
1: (laughs) Honestly, though, we all do that. Yeah. We all do it, you know? I say that about, like, Indiana, or, you know, I'm always like, oh, I know someone from Florida. And they're like, okay, Florida's massive. I don't know. Yeah, if you ever meet someone from the Midwest,
0: you're probably going to be like... Do you go to K State or something like that? Because my friend Emily yes, goes exactly. went there. You know, yeah, that's oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So the only thing that I could think of is that I've been loving every meme or reel. That's going around that talks about how Adam Sandler has a net worth that is out of this world. And then you see him going to the grocery store in like the most ridiculous (laughs) outfit. And it just fills my heart with so much joy. But this is where it's conflicting, right? Because like I look back at older photos and I look back at the Frank Sinatra era and I'm like, oh man, I wish that men still dress like that, you know? i wish that the women still dress like that but then i see how adam sandler just is in hollywood and he does not care he just like he
1: yeah, not at all he has
0: a wife and kids and if you know anything bad about adam sandler please don't tell me like i just <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can do no wrong
0: i'm not naive but please give me this please give me this wholesome like family guy that makes me laugh um and that just doesn't care what other people think in a really refreshing way um i posted a reel to my story this past week where it was like you're either the cute matching set girly or you dress like adam sandler to bed every night (laughs)
1: yes
0: And I will say I'm a little bit of
1: both.
0: What were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like every woman, you know, we're gonna choose comfort over cute when we go to bed. For sure.
0: I don't know. You just you got. I don't know.
1: Oversized T-shirts are for. Yeah,
0: I don't know how people dress. Like why people would buy pajamas in their size? Like that's wild to me when i'm at target and i'm like who's buying this (laughs) i don't know anyway so yeah that's been lifting my spirits online lately
1: another not to take forever go ahead oh sorry i was just gonna say have you have you seen the adam sandler one where it's like girls excited about wearing fall clothes and then it's adam sandler <laughs> it's like what i think i look like in october and what i actually yes, what look I'm like actually gonna wear in fall so true just give that me sweatshirts me right man <laughs> yes seriously
0: so Such a gift of being online is making connections over interests or in the faith that we wouldn't know otherwise with people all over the country and all over the world. Um, The farthest podcast guest we've had is from South Africa because she is an Instagram friend um, and we connected over similar convictions. So the list is surely long to this question. But it would be so fun to talk about. If you could have only one internet friend on the podcast to interview, who would it be and why?
1: The first person that comes to mind is Brenna. I'm so sorry, I'm blanking on her last name right now. Morris. But I'll have to. Yes, thank you. Okay, I always forget if it's Morris or Norris with an N. Brenna is from South Carolina. She actually, her career, her role is very similar to what I used to do when I worked at a Christian college. So, so she's the director of student activities. So she has a team of students and they plan incredible events. So I just remember, I don't remember how I found her, but started following her probably maybe two years ago. And she, two things that I just really love, oh gosh, maybe three actually, one is her style she just is so fun and creative when it comes to what she wears and she's that person where i'm like i wish i had the energy to make reels because i would want to make reels like how she does because they're just so simple and so fun and she just yeah so her style is like i'm a big fan of i'm always like commenting like where'd you get that from and the other thing is her honesty. She actually just started a podcast and it genuinely, when I listened to the first episode, I really did feel like I was in the same room as her. And you know, that's a good podcast when you're like, oh, I feel like we're actually chatting over coffee. And so she just has an incredible gift of writing. Like every caption I've ever read from her, every newsletter by her, And now her podcast. I'm just so encouraged by her honesty and how real she is. And then the other thing is her humor. Every week she'll do like once a week, she'll pick a day and she'll just post like, here's what I've been saving lately. And she, I literally, the videos that she reshares and the memes she is like, I want her to make my algorithm. Like I want her to give me what I want to pop, pop, pop on my feed because what I'm getting is not making the cut. But when she posts videos and memes, I am literally in tears. That's how good it is. And so at least once a month, I'll literally share something from her and I'll say, if anything, go follow Brenna just so you can have a good laugh to the point of tears because she, she's just so creative. And I feel like you gotta be creative to be funny. And so I hope one day we get to finally meet in person because we've talked about it a little bit. So that's kind of on my bucket list. So definitely check out Brenna. She's one of the greatest internet friends I have found.
0: Okay, I tried to pick someone that is a little bit in my internet friend outer circle. Because I was trying to dream big with the question of, like, there's a lot of people in my inner circle that would absolutely say yes when we, in the future, like, decide to have guests on, or that like, if they had the time and the march yeah. and all the things. So I was thinking about who I would really love to sit down and just pick their brain in this season of life, and I think it would be Brooke from Walk in Love, and... We just started communicating more because I actually sell Beauty Counter underneath. Like, she's my Beauty Counter mentor. And, um, oh,
1: cool.
0: Yeah. And so that's, and that's how I started even buying Beauty Counter again, is because it's often the sponsor of their podcast. (laughs) And so I'm just, I feel like I've been walking with them from afar obviously through a lot of different seasons and I'm really grateful for the way that they even though they make a living online they don't take themselves so serious like too seriously they take the work seriously and they steward it really well they are hard workers you can you can see that you can uh, they talk about that a lot and different strategies and how they're spending free time and how they've set up their weekly rhythms, but at the same time, you know, they'll share the the dessert they're making for supper on their t-shirt Instagram account, you know, and I feel like the marketing training I've had in the past has been incredible, but sometimes it keeps me from being free to just share what's life-giving and what's actually going to help me connect with people because people know that Liz and I aren't sitting in a room all week long podcasting. Like they know that it's an hour of our week and that the week involves so many different parts of life and they actually want to get to know that. And so just the mix of that, um, their marriage, like just even how they interact with each other on the podcast or, there was one episode, one of the first episodes I listened to was we definitely didn't get in a fight this week, and it was about how to recover because they actually had a huge fight that week. Um, yeah. and so just the way that they're able to share that in a way that's so life-giving, really inspiring, but still really fun. They don't they don't box themselves in even though their entire income because both of them that's their full-time job is doing walk and love t-shirts and so I'm just really grateful for that I think one more thing I'll say about her is that like we've we've this has been a common thread of people that Liz and I admire right now but she makes me excited for motherhood versus dreading motherhood Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful for that because you can be honest while also sharing like what a gift that season of life is so that's, that's yeah. one person that I'm learning yeah, that. a lot from these days. Yeah. Friends, today we want to talk about the specifics. We've touched on it a little bit in this series, but as we think about how our digital lives are impacting us as disciples of Jesus Christ, we know that guarding our hearts, guarding our time, our families, whether that's from privacy, privacy, Um, if that's combating criticism in the ways that that could hinder us living on mission. So today we're just going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about boundaries, how to approach trolls, and more. So we're continuing this um, just so that we are not assuming the default in the culture, but truly looking at how to love like Christ while also being able to run sustainably for the long haul in this space, whether we're sharing fun photo, family photos online or um, spending more and more time for professional reasons. So I wanted to start off by sharing an analogy that's been really, really helpful for me as I think through the comments that I let filter in and to touch like my heart in the comments or the criticism or the slights that I just have to lay down and put to the side and that is thinking about our online lives as only our living room in our home so it's not the bedroom it's not the office where our work lives are it's not the bathroom it's not the kitchen it is the living room where we are hosting people for conversation connection and entertainment and That's not to say that it's not a beautiful thing. Think about the conversations and the fun that you have had in your living room or on your friend's couch. Like, it is a really fun opportunity. But when we think about it through the lens of, okay, my online life, if I compare it to a living room, that means that certain people will be or certain conversations will not be entertained because we get to decide who's invited we get to decide what art is hanging on the walls we get to to decide how many seats (laughs) we buy and how many seats we put out before we have friends coming over and we get to decide what food to offer them. We get to decide what music is playing in the background. And what I mean by this is that we get to set the tone. And if something is becoming unhealthy, we can kindly ask that person to leave. Or if it's flourishing, then that person can be invited deeper into our lives, the ministry, the business, whatever the case may be that we are stewarding online. So Liz, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. This is something we've been talking about for several months now. How do we decide what kind of living room we want to have? What kind of living room do you want to have on the internet?
1: Yeah. As someone who tends to overthink things or is a little bit afraid of taking risks, this analogy I think is so helpful especially because I'm a visual learner. So the moment that you, I think one of the first times I had ever heard of this was when I had asked you to contribute to a digital guide that I was releasing along with my email newsletter. And you had written about social media. And this specific analogy just really stood out to me. And so it has actually really impacted the way that I not only view social media, but also how I navigated and what decisions I'm making. And I think ultimately what it really teaches me is that it requires intentionality because I could be passive and I could choose. Really, it's not like anyone is being Required to post, I mean, unless you literally do it for a living, then yes, you know, like I'm I can imagine that those that literally make a living being influencers, I mean, their lives in order to make an income, their lives have to be documented and shared publicly, right? So, but all that to say is, I think it just really encourages me to think about, like you said, what kind of art do I want to put on the wall, but more than just what I want people to see is how do I want people to feel Mm -hmm. based off of what I post and so I know I recognize that I have no control over if someone feels discontent I know that I have to constantly remind myself that it's not an influencer's fault that I feel discontent Mm -hmm. right it's not like we are you know it's not we are responsible for our own, our own decisions, our own choices, Mm -hmm. but it really does just make me consider, okay, based off of what I'm posting, how do I really want people to feel? And I think someone that does this really well is, um, is Caroline, is it Lonnie? Lonnie. (laughs) I should have like looked it up right before, but She has this hashtag that has really become like, I mean, I would consider it like a micro movement. I mean, she has several followers and I see, and I've also have used that hashtag. I've seen other people use the hashtag on their videos and their photos. And so she just has this way of communicating. How can we like our lives more sometimes because of the mundane, sometimes because of grief, sometimes because of hardship there are moments where we don't necessarily love our lives or maybe because adulting sometimes just has difficulties we don't always love it but that hashtag like life I think is a great example of someone who utilizes social media to create a living room that invites people in and encourages them to see the goodness of life and Mm -hmm. seeing what is extraordinary even in the ordinary and so my hope is to be able to model that as well for others is constantly thinking about am I posting because my own motives are in the wrong place meaning like Am I just wanting to post something to get likes, to get interaction, to get comments, to get attention? Or am I actually doing this to serve someone else and show them hospitality? So I think those two things come to mind is one, thinking through how do I want others to feel, even though I can't control their response, but ultimately, what would I hope them to walk away? You know, how do I want them to walk away feeling? And then two, thinking through like, what is my motive for posting? Am I doing this to actually serve someone else and to welcome them in and to make them feel known, seen, and heard? Or am I just doing it for like my own gain? Which I think we can all relate to that if we're honest. There's been times where I get frustrated or get discouraged and think, oh, what's the point of writing my newsletter if no one's you know, listening or following or engaging. And so I think that that's something that, that analogy I think is very, very helpful.
0: Yeah. And I think to the point of you saying we're not responsible for their emotions, I think that is really important, but I also think, um, to expound on that a little bit, like we can't control if someone is sitting in their heart. We can't control if there's a grief in their life. that's making them really, really right. sad. But if we stretch this analogy further, you know, if they're feeling sad when they walk into our living room and we give them iced coffee and like warm cookies and we watch our favorite show together or we open the word together or there's worship music playing and we share laughter and friendship, like that person to the, to the best of our ability, we've loved them well. And I think to the best of yeah. our ability, we can create hospitable places. And um, how I would answer the kind of internet living room I would want to have, at least in this season, is actually by our podcast cover. So I know that wherever you're listening to this right now, you can refer to it. And there's three frames in our podcast cover, and one is Sheep on the Hillside which is right from John 1010 and speaks to with the shepherd, the business, but also just being with the shepherd from John 1010. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Matisse inspired painting in the middle, which is Matisse is my favorite artist. I have a degree in fine art. And for me, beyond just the choice of I wanted that color <laughs> in, in the cover, it also represents the fact That in the midst of ministry and sharing the gospel, like Paul says in one of his letters, we also want to share our life as well. And so we are also going to share our likes and our interests and how we are living life abundantly. And that's not about the possessions we own, but it could include how we are stewarding those possessions. You know, so it's like how we are cultivating gratitude and seeing the Lord in our day to day. And then the other frame represents abundant life. It represents celebration. Like Liz was talking about with celebrating the ordinary one day at a time. And I would say that that like, that's the art (laughs) in our online living room. And that, that is the kind of space we want. We want it to be a fun place, but we also want it to be a place where you find conviction and encouragement. Um, to, to walk, to walk closely with Christ. And so I would encourage you to think through what are the three frames (laughs) that you want hung up? Like, do you want to share your family portrait and let, let your family's love for each other be a way that you are preaching the good news? Like, and some people aren't going to have a family portrait up and that means and that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit next, is like there's a there's a time for like all things under heaven, right? And so I would just I would think through what are what are those frames that can help you have and it's not that you have to constantly post in in those buckets because the beauty of what I was talking about with Brooke from Walk in Love is that we can take our work seriously and take ourselves less seriously. Um, But it is just freeing to know this is why I'm here. And it can help Mm -hmm. your decision fatigue in the day-to-day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what what I love about that analogy is how we're not talking about like branding. We're not, this conversation isn't about like, you have to pick a niche because that is so overwhelming (laughs) (laughs) but I love how you frame it in a way that's like there are core values like what are your priorities Mm -hmm. and you know what are your like what is your heart you know and so I love that you mentioned about like hey we have the opportunity to invite someone in but then also how do we interact them interact with them once they're already following our accounts and i think i think it's really common which i find myself wrestling with to be honest and that's why i mentioned the part about like it's also important to evaluate our own motives because i think it's really tempting to like you said follow the culture and i think often the culture is cynical mm-hmm. often we post in the name of honesty and vulnerability and sometimes it's just cynical mm-hmm. it is very very negative and at that point it's no longer constructive it's actually pretty it can be pretty damaging it can be really hurtful and it can just also be very discouraging mm-hmm. like if I'm having a hard day someone sitting with me in the heartache can rejoice when I rejoice with me just as we're called as believers to rejoice with those who rejoice to grieve with those who grieve but it doesn't mean that when I'm grieving that someone is supposed to host the pity party for me so that I stay stuck in the pit of despair you know what I mean like to really encourage one another is like hey I'm with you in this but I also don't want to leave you there Mm -hmm. I want to help you move forward in a way that uplifts you and reminds you just like you said reminds them that they are truly loved and cared for so yeah I think that's so important too
0: so we've talked about inviting people in and creating this space where people can flourish they can be encouraged they can be convicted they can experience friendship or transformation because of what you're offering online whatever that may be for you so now let's talk about when someone has either come with hateful comments or criticism. You definitely, from the first sentence of the DM or the email or the interaction, you just have that feeling in your gut of like, one, I feel so defensive or angry in my flesh, but also feeling violated because I had a criticism come for me um, about the podcast last fall. And I remember thinking, like, I spend all my free time on this. And I, I, (laughs) like, it was just very, I was full of defeat. Because I was like, you know, I can't give any more to this than I currently am giving without it being a vocation. And so there's just... You know when you've gotten a comment like that where you just feel it in your gut, whether you're able to dust it off or not, um, I just want to be super clear that that's what we're talking about now. We're not talking about um, new, fun, life-giving interactions. We're talking about how do we decide who is invited to stay in light of Christ calling us to love our enemies and also the safety and privacy that are needed for boundaries around our marriage, our relationships, and our homes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think as I'm working through this question in my own life, I will say I'm grateful that so far, I say so far because I don't think it's a if. Unfortunately, I think it's a when. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully so far I haven't experienced criticism online but I did notice recently this was actually a couple weeks ago, I posted a reel and pretty much every time I post a reel about me rearranging the furniture in my home, it's usually because I'm referring to it's time for another discontentment declutter where I am the whole purpose of it, the heart behind it is, how can I practice gratitude right more, right where I'm at with what I have by not shopping for new items, but by just rearranging, you know, taking a rug from a different room and putting it in a, in a new space to kind of make it feel like it is a new item, even though it's not. So all that to say is this example that I'm sharing right now made me realize it was very eye-opening when I had this moment of like, oh my goodness, I am letting this one person's comment impact my mood and my decisions so I'll I'll share what this person said it was actually once I kind of got over it I was like this is actually pretty comical (laughs) but in the moment I was like I was like okay but this woman responded to that reel and said I love what you're doing but your art is way too high and I I literally was like oh okay okay Alrighty, Denise, with some opinions <laughs> over here. I was just so <laughs> I was so shocked, honestly. Which is such a silly comment. Like it's so minor, but that just really for some reason like But you take
0: pride it in kind your of just home. Surprised me. You know, like
1: Yeah and I can so, hang my art
0: wherever I wanted to hang, yeah. Denise. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, <I'm> <laughs> It's so true. But I just remember thinking, like, I saw that comment, and then I was like, is it too high? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not an interior designer. I'm sure there are certain, like, rules or, like, guidelines as far as, you know, whatever. Like, dimensions and, you know, my home home is just a combination of a lot of secondhand items. So I don't even have, like, a style, you know, like... Sometimes I think is it kind of boho? Uh, not really, it doesn't really follow that exact, you know, style or is it mid-century? Oh, not really. Is it, you know, yeah. whatever. I just say it's vintage <laughs> or it's retro because everything is thrifted, you know? But anyways, all that to say is I think I think for me that was an eye-opening moment of like, okay, I I don't actually even remember if she follows me or not, or if maybe she just, you know, maybe that just popped up on her interest feed. But I just remember thinking, like, I have the option of commenting or not commenting. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, okay, if someone else were to look through the comments and they saw that I responded with something snarky or sarcastic, Mm. how how would they think or feel yeah so that to me was pretty convicting when I was like okay that is the reminder that I needed to remember that we represent Christ either well or poorly online and offline so I think I feel like I'm still working through this you know so I don't have like a definitive answer but it just yeah it just made me realize like okay you know Mm -hmm. it's I chose to make my account public. Right. How can I be wise and discerning, but also, like you said, about that podcast that you love, Walk in Love, about how they take what they do seriously, but they don't take themselves too seriously. That's helpful. Yeah,
0: I think... When you're talking about what does it say about me when I respond. I will say that there's a time and a place for it. But I was scrolling through and I... This is not talking about one specific person. I have seen this trend. Where if someone comments a hateful or critical comment. The, per, the, the account owner will respond and say, well you must... Not follow me, or you must have just followed me, or else you would know. Fill in the blank. And I think that's really interesting because we can be wrong. We can get it wrong. We can say something wrong in the caption that does not reflect our values. We can say, we can come off the wrong way. And I think. The point is yeah. not in do we never respond because I think that I've seen people do that really well as also. I think yeah. I think yeah. there's a time for multiple different ways to approach it, but my blanket like as I think through the living room and I think through the relationships that I cultivate in living rooms all are welcome meaning all are invited we are urged by Christ to be hospitable to entertain strangers to not be judgmental of what someone like acts like or looks like from the outside but to see their heart but i've also had scenarios and People that are so not willing to live at peace with me that I have had to ask them to leave my house mm-hmm. before. And so there's a time to peacefully forgive them in your heart and keep going on with your life yeah. and laugh about it or mm-hmm. take it to the Lord. Or one of my favorite things to do is ask my husband about it, as we talked about last week, because he yeah. has this outside perspective. There, there's a time for each of those responses. But there is a time when all are welcome, but further behavior will not be tolerated. And so you get to decide as long as you're coming at it with humility and wisdom and asking God for help, because, you know, someone might respond to this conversation and be like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a comment. And it's like what Liz was saying, we are representing Christ in all of these things we're even representing him in the comment section and so it
1: matters yeah yeah and as you were sharing I just thought of Romans 12 where it literally says if you know as it depends on you Mm -hmm. if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone and then a few verses later it says do not be co." Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I think you're so right. I've seen people respond in ways that are with grace. Like I've seen sometimes people say, essentially, they're not apologizing for what they communicated, but they're still trying to be sympathetic and compassionate Mm -hmm. in their comments. And I've seen people do that really well, where they'll say something along the lines of like, Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that. You know, I hear you, even though we don't agree. And so I think that that is a really helpful reminder in the digital age is always going back to the word and remembering that even though the context of the time period, like the actual culture itself was different then in a lot of ways, but the instructions that are in the word of God still matter for how we live today and so yeah the bible literally says like okay bless those who persecute Mm -hmm. you bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn live in harmony with other yeah but it's not always possible like it literally says here in verse 18 if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone so strive to live harmoniously and and really peacefully with others, but also recognizing that there will be moments of strife or silly comments that may actually be hurtful, you know?
0: Yeah. Remembering that there's a soul on the other end and, like, whether that is because of conflict or, or out of love, remembering that there's another soul, um will help mm. all those decisions, right? Because you can also take their criticism and yeah. say, okay, Lord, I was wrong. Or maybe, you know, the Lord uses everything. And so definitely this is something I learned from Ann Boss camp is if you get writing criticism, don't cling to it, but definitely sit with it. Like sit with it and see if the Lord has something oh, for you good. in with it because you don't have to like wear it (laughs) you don't have to say like this is my identity like i wrote something that made someone feel this way and so i should never write again like no but you can say oh wow like was this from a heart that was not you know that was for for my own gain or fill in the blank and so that that has helped me a lot
1: yeah that's so good
0: so how do we know What is for personal friends and what is for public? Um, What's truly private, like kids' faces or names? What's life-giving to share? This can get so blurred. (laughs) Right now, I think about this a lot with, like, husband and wife accounts. Mm -hmm. I love following husbands and Mm -hmm. wives. But sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad (laughs) that that's not how, like, Zach and I bring in income because then those moments with him can just be private And they're not, like, almost commercialized? I don't know. I, I, I feel yeah. conflicted about all those things because at the same time, I also really enjoy them. And it makes me love, love even more. Um. So when do I actually know it's time to share something? What What does that look like for you, yeah. Liz?
1: Yeah. Man, another thing that I'm working through all the time because with the nature of not just social media, but with an email newsletter, there are times when I, for example, have shared small glimpses into my past, my upbringing, my family circumstances. And then I, I remind myself, my mom is subscribed. My mom is going to get this in her email inbox. And which I'm really grateful for because, honestly, there's been so many times where I'm like, I'm done writing. And then my mom will say something <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that is so precious. <laughs> my mom is my biggest fan. So that's encouraging, you know. Yeah. But all I have to say is, I ever since I read uh, Proverbs 4.23, probably back in high school, I think that verse is one that I have just have really held on to because it says guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life and the NIV translation I love how it words it as well where it says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it and I think as a high schooler I remember reading that verse not really understanding it very well but I just remember thinking oh this is probably really helpful as it relates to dating relationships. And as I've gotten older, I've thought about this verse and how it, I mean, it literally, you can apply it to every single area of your life. And it's actually the verse that inspired the name of this episode, because as I was thinking through, okay, how, how, how do I personally guard my heart on the internet, you know, online, I've really thought about what are the, what are the key differences between guarding my heart versus hiding my Mm, heart? That's good. I know that I can be authentic online Mm. while still guarding my heart. And we really talked more about this in depth a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, but I just wanted to reiterate that I really do think there's a difference between Mm. being authentic versus being transparent and To answer the question, I think I have been wrestling through that and trying to navigate that. And I think back in college, when my Instagram account used to be a private account, it was really just to kind of keep up with friends and family, kind of like how Facebook is. And over time my purpose for sharing online has really changed a lot. And so I still have a Facebook account, which to be honest, it's really just to like remember people's birthdays and see what photos my mom tags me in, you know, like that's kind of the fun of it for me. But with Instagram, I think I've just been really learning, hopefully growing and continuing to process the reality that because my account is public I don't utilize it as a journal anymore. It's not... Social media is not my journal. It's not my counselor. It's not my pastor. It's not my spouse. It's not my inner circle or support system. So... I think it's important to have boundaries because, like what it says in Proverbs 4, about how guarding our hearts matters so much because everything that we do flows from it. Mm -hmm. So... Like I mentioned a few minutes ago about how I think it can be really tempting to want to post in moments where if I feel frustrated, I kind of want to rant, and then I remind myself that is not that is not what I want to do anymore and i and I used to do that I used to do that a lot in college, and I felt really convicted um a handful of years ago about that, and so I think for me. What I do now... What... I know it's not... I don't really think it's a very clear black or white as far as... Okay, take these steps. just ideas. Yeah. But... Yeah. For me personally, like... What I've come to the conclusion is... I... Ended up making a private Instagram account a couple of months ago. And it only has, like, less than 30 followers. And these friendships are individuals that I personally know offline, like my church circle, friends that I was really close to during college that we still keep in touch with, or friends that I used to work with in my previous jobs, and we hang out outside of work. And so for me, that has become like my go-to for like if there's ever a moment where I want to post about like oh I'm feeling a little homesick or oh I would love prayer requests I usually post on that Instagram account but I don't I don't share in detail on my public account so that was a really wordy answer but that's just what I've been doing is trying to navigate the difference between hiding versus guarding because I don't want to hide I never want to act I don't want to be in denial is what I'm trying to say I never want to post and I try to tell myself this often like if I'm ever feeling burnt out or tired frustrated or anxious I just choose not to post on my public account Yeah. but if I'm but if I'm feeling like okay this would actually This could actually be from a place of how can I encourage others? And so I think it's okay to sometimes say, you know, hey, would you pray for me? I'd love to pray for you. So it's not a yes or no kind of question. It's very gray, but that's just what I've been learning and trying to practice in my own life is learning what it looks like to guard my heart, but still be authentic and real on my public account. But making sure that I'm I would never want a friend, and this happened a lot in college, so I think that was kind of like a wake-up call for me. I'll end with this by saying, I remember a friend reaching out, just one example, and she said, hey, I saw your post and I wanted to reach out because it sounds like you're struggling. And while that meant so much to me that she had my number and could text me, it also was really revealing of, oh, what if I started actually texting my friends when I need prayer, when I need connection, when I'm longing for like a hug, when I feel so homesick is what if I actually reach out to them first? Because then that usually is actually of more benefit and actually produces like comfort. Yeah. When I know I'm not alone versus, Oh, I'm going to post publicly and see who will reach out to me because I'm just, like, grasping for any sort of, like, interaction when I need, when what I really need most is sometimes, like, offline connection and relationships with people that I could invite over to my actual home because they're in my local area. Or sometimes they're not in my local area, but I can FaceTime a friend from back home in California. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah.
0: To use another analogy that's been helpful for me as I think through, I would say I have a less conservative view, which I think is actually really helpful for our listeners of like what to share online. I would say I'm less conservative with what I share. So this analogy helps me know when is a healthy time and place to do so. And I think about it in terms of healing from a surgery And when, when you are healing from the inside out, you need time, hydration, sleep, medicine. You need the space to feel pain, to be healed, to be treated, to be taken care of by loved ones, loved ones. And I think that's so true. If that's, we're struggling with mental health or we're struggling in a relationship or experiencing life-changing grief, there when, when something is super fresh, that's not the day, right? The day that I found out my mom's cancer had spread this summer, nobody wanted to see an Instagram post from Emily that day. Like, that was a day that was for... Processing with Zach in the car and texting my people yeah. and saying, this is terrible. I need you to pray for me right now. I need you to pray for my mom. And yeah. so how I think about it is that is the time to seek healing, to take care of your body, to take care of your spirit, to, to literally be taken care of, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritually. And then yeah. when... There is a scar. When there has been healing. You can tell the testimony. Of. Of that surgery. That the Lord did on your heart. Of the upheaval. And and how. You know. The scar tissue might still hurt. And there still might be checkups. That have to take place. But you are not sharing about it. To find healing. You're sharing about being healed. And so, um, I think that's the key difference for me is I can share about, um, I can share about so many things, but I'm sharing about it in a place of see what God has done or, or, um, how to walk with him through suffering or encouragement of like, everyone is in the thick of it behind the scenes, but I'm going to God first because going to, you know, some people might listen to this conversation and think, but going to, what's wrong with going to my friends? What's wrong with going to this place? And it's not because that is necessarily like bad in and of itself. It's because for your flourishing, like what's going to protect your heart and keep you and help you to grow and help you to heal and help you to flourish is going to God first and that's why he commands us to guard our hearts in the first place it's not because he doesn't want us to have fun or be connected with people it's because he wants that for us and he wants to he yeah. wants us to have it in a really healthy life-giving way and not in a way that's grasping for identity it's not in a way that's grasping for yeah. our footing because he knows that if we find that in him first we'll we will be able to share from a place of freedom and testimony most of all yeah. what that practically looks like for me right now is that um i just started a Substack account and i released a post last week and i literally made the paid version the thing i wanted to share with people that were invested in the ministry invested in me and i don't have a paid subscriber so <laughs> it may just be that, that that those pieces of the of the fun essays that i write over there you know stay stay for myself yeah. But it was a beautiful, like, like you were saying, authentic, in my opinion, <laughs> post, but then there was a point of it that I was like, mm, not everybody needs to read this, and I made that the paid version. Like, you, not everyone that's just on my website trying to, you know, maybe they knew me in high school, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Emily's, like, doing all this. Like... <laughs> You know, not everyone that is lurking needs to know um, those innermost thoughts. and so you get to decide what that looks like and um, that's just been that's been a helpful layer for me to think through what's helpful to share and how how it's actually for my good. And when I think of like photos of children or, details like that i think about it in the lens of you know how i share my marriage online in this season like because i've struggled with what are, what are we gonna yeah. do when we have kids one day and i mm-hmm. <laughs> part of me is like not even their body is gonna be ha- like not because i know some people are like well not their faces and i'm like well then that's just weird to me like then that takes away some of their dignity, I feel like. And then you're just, like, taking close-up picture of their arms mm. and posting. I don't know. Like, I've been all over the board. Like, I'm going to share freely or they're never going to be online. And this is how I'm yeah. thinking about it in the current moment. And and it, it will and might change, is yeah. how I share about my relationship with Zach is how I would hope to share about my relationship with my kids like people that follow me on instagram like they know what zach looks like they might know his name they see fun anecdotes of our weeks but i'm not like posting our our bedtime conversations like i feel like there is an exploitation of childhood going on right now and i'm not even talking about the deep darkness that definitely happens online i'm also just talking about you know, kids laughing and crying and sharing innermost thoughts and that just going everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so I think you, we can keep sacred things sacred. We can make them the paid versions. Yeah. We can make them the, um, the church circle. Like we can, we, can, we can decide who deserves that intimate access and still be honest.
1: That's so good. I think it's just a helpful reminder. As you were sharing, I literally was thinking through like, if I were to make a bullet list for myself, what would be like the symptoms or signs when I know I'm ready to share and when I'm not mm. ready? And I think in the past, I've often used social media as like, the wound is not quite yet healed, but I've put a band aid, mm. and then we're all, we're back to, square one where I'm healing all over again and so I was thinking through like what What are the symptoms for me and I literally thought number one if I am going to mention a family member or a friend have I talked to them first Yeah, is what I'm going to share so personal that I actually need to address them first and ask for their consent or permission and then number two I was thinking through if I'm about to burst into tears while writing this or sharing this, maybe I'm just not ready. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's okay to take time to heal and process. And like you said, not everything is going to be shared online, nor should it. And praise God for that. And so, yeah. 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 So those were just a couple of my own bullet list points of like, okay, if I'm going to talk about somebody I need to talk to them about yeah, that. Yeah, for How sure. How do they feel about being mentioned? Yeah, you know. Even if it, if, even if it's vague, but if they know, like if you're talking about me, then it's worth having a conversation about. Yeah. You know? And then too, like I said, am I about to burst into tears? Am I actually healed from this, or am I still? Is it just too tender for now? Mm-hmm. So. I love those two analogies, the living room analogy and the surgery analogy. I think those are so helpful. I think we'll come. I'm so grateful for Emily, for all those that are listening, because I had never heard of those before, and those are really good. Yeah,
0: I think we'll come back to those as we discuss different areas of life, too, because I think it's given me a lot of yeah. a lot of helpful structure that doesn't feel so restrictive that it's not fun
1: to think about, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. We, I hope that you are feeling encouraged because every time Emily and I sit down and have these conversations, I walk away feeling encouraged. And so I hope that it does the same for you. And hopefully it at least gets you thinking about these things because, like Emily said, maybe you're in the stage right now where you already have children and you're navigating that or... Like us, I've thought about the same things. I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to make a private Instagram account. I'll probably share, if I ever get pregnant, I'll, I'll share a pregnant announcement. Once I'm close to being due on my public one, but I don't want unsolicited advice. I don't want too many questions, but I'll post it on my private one. And, you know, mm-hmm. navigating all of that is just, it can be overwhelming. So hopefully you walk away with just at least some practical Insight and encouragement to navigating boundaries, criticism, privacy, all of that as it pertains to being disciples in the digital age. So, as we wrap up the series next week, I'm very excited about this particular episode because, as I like to call them, we're going to talk about the happies and crappies <laughs> of working from home. We'll share some tips, we'll share some stories, and ultimately, we'll probably just end up sharing a mixture of encouragement and just like a lot of good laughs of like, okay. This is crazy. What a time to be alive. Truly. Right? Like doing our jobs literally from our homes with technology. So we can't wait for you to listen. So we hope you tune in. Now, to him who is able to
0: do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.